Hey everybody, so today on AI Every Day, I'm going to take you through five models in a directory in five minutes. And one of the reasons I wanna do this is to give you just a tiny bit of a feel for what an incredible explosion of research that I think that there is, and what a variety of things we see across research in terms of how models are trained, what the data set is, what's their purpose. And of course, there's a whole bunch of interesting considerations. Is it open source? Can you do fine tuning? Can you do it even for commercial purposes? Without further ado, Lightning AI. This one came out about 10 days ago, and it is a Lightning implementation of Llama with by building on top of NanoGPT, which we're also going to cover. I came across this one because I follow Sebastian Roshka on LinkedIn. He does a bunch of really dense, technical, but very clear, readable posts. And so I would absolutely recommend checking him out if you want to learn more. But it's interesting because this is a whole organization that's working and they're releasing it. And it's got, it's actually Apache licensed. So it is fully open source and everything about it, you can basically use to build further things with any sort of license, including a commercial license, which is powerful. That's true for some other interesting models as well. The next one is Dolly. So Dolly was interesting partially because it was released basically by Databricks. Their CEO has talked about it several times publicly. They took the GPT-6J model, which actually that's the other one that I was thinking of other than Lightning that has a completely permissive open source license and they built on top of that. Now they followed the training method uh, described in, in the Instruct GPT paper to do that reinforcement learning human feedback. For that they used an open source data set from Meta and so the result of that because the Meta RLHF data set is not fully open source, it is non-commercial, means that Dolly itself is non-commercial, but if you had your own reinforcement learning set, the base model and the system for training it are fully open source. And the cool thing about this one is there's literally a Jupyter notebook you can load into a database cluster and you can repeat this process and train it from the ground up in three hours. So this one came to my attention, A, because it's super small, so it's really useful for people who want to play around with things in a very like small-scale way. I want to say this is around 11 million parameters. It's also really interesting to me because it was released by Andre Kaparthi, who used to be the head of machine learning at Tesla, building the autopilot self-drive functions, has a big background in computer vision but turned his attention to large language models. I think he's at OpenAI now, but fantastic, very open source work here that's showing up and that's worth checking out. And arguably because of Andre's pedigree and the fact that this model is very small and easy to work with, but still generates actually useful responses, I think it's something people should check out. Another is GPT Neo X. This one's really interesting to me because it's fairly large in the sense that it's got 20 billion parameters. But it's also interesting to me because it, there's a lot of focus in this Neo X on performance and ways to improve it and parallelize it and some other things. So I found that really interesting as well. It's also, I think, large enough to be incredibly powerful potentially from a parameter perspective, but small enough to be useful on normal hardware. Like you can actually do fine tuning, I think, for this on a single A100 GPU, as opposed to something like the Bloom model which is also open source, but at 175 billion parameters, it's the same size, you know, we believe GPT-3 to be much more difficult to work with in a casual or exploratory fashion. 
The last of the five I wanted to point out, and this literally just came out yesterday, is Bloomberg GPT. Now, Bloomberg is an enormous financial institution that provides a massive array of financial news sources, financial information like trade feeds and so on. They have an entire very powerful trading desk application that allows people who are basically trading in equities and other sort of financial instruments to make decisions. And and so it doesn't surprise me at all to see them moving into this, but it's a incredibly large organization and they've, they've presented an actual paper about how they have created a finance industry specific GPT model. Now, they didn't skimp on some amount of general natural language. So the training set still includes normal texts, and so it understands normal English very well. And this is in contrast to some models, which I've seen a code-only model. It was only trained on source code, where its only knowledge of English came from code comments, for example. But with the Bloomberg GPT, they describe it as being still pretty great at just general queries. If you asked it to write you a poem or suggest some ideas for a birthday gift, it would probably be able to help you do that. And yet if you then take it and ask it questions about things that are super related to finance, the claim here is that it's much, much more accurate. I'm not surprised that I'm also not surprised to see it from Bloomberg, but I think it's definitely a bit of a landmark because it's a very large model in terms of size and parameters and the sort of hardware needed to run it. But it's also coming from an organization deeply steep in an industry. And so really interesting thing. Lastly, I'm going to share one link with you. It's not a model, but I just wanted to say, if you want to learn more, there's a much larger list uh, in the curated awesome LLM list that you can find on GitHub. So if you want to learn more, it is not necessarily exhaustively complete, but it is a useful resource to find a bunch really quickly. That's for today. Please follow me or subscribe. And next week, I'll have lots more interesting tidbits, including we will probably hands-on apply hypernetwork to stable diffusion. And we can talk about what that means in terms of fine-tuning versus prompt engineering. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks.